0: Hey, I'm Bryce. I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Jonathan. And you're listening to Electric City Buzz, the podcast about all things Anderson.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Still Family Law, LLC. Are you going through a difficult time in your family life? Mm -hmm. Do you need legal advice and representation from a trusted family law firm? Look no further than Still Family Law in Anderson, South Carolina. Led by attorney Greg Still, their experienced legal team is dedicated to helping individuals and families navigate the complex and emotionally charged terrain of family law. Whether you're dealing with divorce, child custody, child support, or any other family law matter, they are here to provide compassionate and effective guidance. Still Family Law understands that every family is unique and that each case requires personalized attention. That's why they take the time to listen to your concerns and goals and work with you to develop a strategy that best fits your needs. Don't face your family law issues alone. Call Still Family Law today at 864-734-4650 to schedule a consultation and take the first step towards a brighter future. Now presenting Jake Beatty and Cody Wright of Rebuild Upstate.
2: Uh, sweet. So today we are very excited about interviewing one of my favorite people on the planet, Cody Wright and Jake Beattie, who is com- becoming one of my favorite people on the planet um, with Rebuild Upstate. This is our 1st nonprofit of season two, so we're really excited to have you guys on. Um, Jonathan and I, this is kind of a, a passion project of ours. We're both on the um, Anderson Advisory Council for Rebuild Upstate, so we're, we're looking forward to talking about you guys and the cool, cool stuff that y'all are doing in Anderson County and y'all's investment. So, Jake, Cody, thank you guys for for being with us today.
3: Yeah, thanks for having us.
2: Of course, absolutely. Yep. Um, so, kind of how I'd like to start is, let's just learn about um, you guys, and let's learn about, you know, how we got to rebuild, how we got to Anderson, um, and just kind of go from there. So, Jake, I'll start with you. Are you born and raised in Anderson?
3: Uh, not born and raised in Anderson. I have lived here for 26 years. Um, I born and raised in Seneca, South Carolina. I came to Anderson College in the late 1900s, as I like to say. <laughs> uh, played basketball there. Met my wife there. Uh, we graduated one weekend. Got married the next in the May of 2000. So we actually are celebrating our 23rd anniversary mm-hmm. this weekend, Shout which out. is really cool. Yeah. Um, but. When I was in college, I was a part of a Bible study, which is what got New Spring Church kicked off, um, taught school for a year, and then came on staff with New Spring as the first student pastor. Um, My job changed a hundred times through the years as As the church grew, (laughs) as it does, (laughs) And spent the last decade plus as the missions director. So I was traveling the world doing community development missions projects. So I think I was in 11 different countries in like 13 years wow. doing projects, which was just a joy to me. And But also just driving around the state to New Springs different campuses mm-hmm. and serving the staff and trying to pour into them some. And so... Um, Felt led to step away from that and step into some new opportunities, yeah. which is a very long story that I won't get into right now. Yeah. Um. But came on board with rebuild after a long hiring process, uh, in 2022.
2: That's awesome, man. That's exciting. And Cody, tell me, I, I I know a lot about you, but for the people that don't know you that well, tell me a little bit about sure. Cody Wright.
4: Yeah. So uh, went to Ren High School. Shout yeah. out Hurricanes. Shout out Hurricanes. Um, yeah, did uh, a study two years back at the time. I was I was in New Spring as well, yeah. and they had a kind of New Spring College. Used it as kind of a gap year to learn yeah. some leadership skills, learn the Bible. Um, Finished that in 2016, okay. thought I was going to be moving to Uganda. Uh, I had actually gotten the opportunity to go on a mission trip just a few years before and just kind of got a really strong call for, for vulnerable people groups, and okay. my heart broke for missions. So yeah. thought I was going to move to Africa, um, discovered a little place called The Lot Project. Right on. Shane, and an amazing organization. Yeah, so at 19 years old, started working for The Lot Project, fell in love with, uh, with missions, just mm-hmm. getting to serve low-income neighbors uh, through basic needs like food and clothes. Did that for six years, so since I was 19, it's all I ever knew. Uh, back in April, my time at the lot came to an end. Spent a random summer working in a diesel engine shop, figuring <laughs> out what was next. Um, it was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and then in September, I got a call from Jake, and he said, Hey, man, I want to tell you about the organization I'm with now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gaining a lot of traction. Yeah. We're excited to bring it to Anderson, and um, it was everything I could have dreamed yeah. of. Now, how did you get so, be?
3: Uh, at, church, uh, okay. at church, I would say we got to know each other the best on a mission trip when to Jake Guatemala. When Jake kicked me in the face with a soccer ball, oh, <laughs> yeah. absolutely! That was either I have really great aim, or <laughs> it's just what God wanted to oh, happen yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
4: we had an awesome. We went to Antigua together to serve a church out there. Awesome. That was really when I got to know Jake, and he did actually drill me in, the fa- put me on the ground. I thought I killed him. Honestly. Truly, it was absolutely horrible. Um, so we were we were connected. did not remember that. much about that <laughs> yeah, trip yeah. though. So yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of it that. what happened afterwards. <laughs> Stumbling
2: around. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, and it's cool to see how the Lord has brought you guys together here for for the purpose um, that you have now. So, rebuild Upstate. Um, emphasis on Upstate. You guys have predominantly been in Greenville up until relatively recently. So, Jake, tell me about how that process kind of came to be. Where I mean, you said the Lord was kind of put some things in your heart where we want to change from from New Spring. Not that anything. Uh, you know, was, was, was wrong or, you know, in, in any sort of negative aspect, but you knew the Lord was calling you to something else. How did you kind of get in touch with Rebuild? And then what's it like becoming a, a CEO Overnight of, of, a, of an organization. <laughs> overnight or like a o- five month o- period? Overnight. Yeah. is a, is <laughs> a <laughs> loose term. Rebuild was very
3: yeah. thorough in their hiring process. Okay. So it was a, a four or five month hiring process. But mm. honestly, I'm very grateful for that time. Yep. For me, uh, you know, being a missions director for years and years. When COVID came, uh, it kind of shut that part of what I was doing down, and I didn't have exactly the same opportunities to mm-hmm. go and get my hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew moving forward that whatever I was going to do vocationally, I wanted—I I just have a heart desire to help people however right. I can, and that can look in a lot of different forms, obviously. Um, but for me, you know, I didn't know anything about Rebuild, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty crazy because Rebuild's actually a 15-year-old organization. Uh, to give you guys the history of that, uh, it actually started as Hurricane Katrina Relief. Uh, okay. There was a Clemson student, guy named Chris. Uh, he actually owns a network marketing company in Greenville now called Ingenious. Uh, But Chris was a Clemson student at the time, and after Katrina hit New Orleans, uh, he just wanted to go down and help and just fell in love with serving people and restoring homes. And so they were taking a bunch of trips down there. Um, I had a similar experience going down and doing uh, Katrina relief after the hurricane hit in 2006, if I'm remembering all my years right. Mm Um, but they came back and one day got a random phone call that said, Hey, we got some materials, but we don't have volunteers. Would y'all be willing to help repair this roof actually in the Clemson area? And so it was kind of an eye opener of man, what if we don't have to drive, you know, three, four States away, but this is something that we can do in our own backyard. How big is the need? And so from there, the organization grew very small, but rebuilds actually exploded in the last years, Mm -hmm. but for 15 years, you know, Yes, been primarily serving in Greenville because that's where the organization grew, but actually for 15 years have been in Greenville, Anderson, Oconee, and Pickens. Um, But especially this year, um, I'm an Anderson guy. I'm very excited to get some more work going in Anderson. Those doors have opened. But for me, how I got involved with the organization is someone who used to work with me in my previous job when they heard that I was stepping away from the church, they actually just called and said, hey, I think you ought to consider this. We think you might be the guy. And I literally went to the website, uh, rebuildupstate.org, for anyone who wants to check that out while they're Shameless listening to this plug. Plug. Thank yeah, you. plug. it. Um, plug it. And I just fell in love with the vision. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was unique. I thought it was a very proactive approach to helping people, which I know we'll get into here yeah. in a minute and but then I read all the qualifications and it's like a uh, construction background and I have built some walls in third world countries yeah. and me and YouTube fix lots of things around my house yeah. but that's the level of my construction background yeah and so kind of ignored it for a couple of weeks and then uh had another conversation with that friend and they said I really think you ought to consider it and so that's when the process really started and yeah yeah that's awesome so um
2: yeah, I, I guess just diving right into it, we can kind of talk about how Cody's role is has, you know, come to be in Anderson and kind of what y'all's, you know, mission is here. But vision wise, like what, what does, what's y'all's objectives and then what does y'all's day to day look like? I mean, if somebody wants to help out with rebuild, sell me on that. What does, what is, what is y'all's tangibles and then what is y'all's large picture goal? Because it is a, a housing focused, um, Nonprofit, uh, non-profit but it's not in the aspect of new builds it's sure. kind right. of a more as jake said yeah. proactive so what does that what does what does rebuild do
4: sure simply put you know we re- we repair the homes of low-income neighbors mm-hmm. um as far as objective and large scope i'll let jake to speak to that in just a minute but i can tell you about the day today yeah um so people people in our in our neighborhood apply for assistance um got to be a homeowner Typically, uh, we'll do some ADA compliant stuff, ramp, ramp things, Mm -hmm. people, uh, to help people with mobility. Uh, we'll do that if they rent, but that's kind of a different process. So people apply for our assistance. They have to make under 80% of that area medium income. So for Anderson County, that's $46,000. They make under 80% of that. Um, can't be on the sex offenders registry that's kind of our other qualification but beyond that people can call they can go on our website they can apply for assistance they get approved Um, and then kind of on the you know what do we need how can you help so what we're constantly doing is we're finding how to get those repairs done so we need funding and we need friends you know we need advocates we need people that are going to come out and volunteer with us. Uh, we also need people that are going to help us pay for the materials that, that need to get done. Yeah. Um, so we're constantly receiving applications from people that need help and then figuring out how can we go about meeting those needs, yeah. um, raising dollars for materials, raising dollars to pay the staff to do it, You know, to stock the trailers with the tools we need to do it, also advocating for the community. So I'm constantly talking to churches, home groups, businesses, um, banks, schools, Anyone you can think of that wants to come out is capable of supporting Rebuild through volunteering. So constantly getting volunteer groups out together. Jonathan and Bryce, I know you guys have been out on a build. Mm -hmm. Loads of fun. Yeah. And for anyone who's hearing this right now, if you want to volunteer, there's an opportunity for that. If you want to donate, there's an easier opportunity for that.
2: Yeah.
0: Sorry to pivot, but d- does anyone have to – do they need a preset of skills um, to do this, or do you teach people different things?
2: Uh, well, they let you and I out there on the uh, That's true. Well, I, I, mean, right. yeah. I had a hammer to my name. Yeah, there's a yeah. – the, the qualifications of volunteers is, uh, at least experience-wise, is, is relatively yeah. minimal. Yeah, just know
1: no
4: which of end of the hammer to hold, you know? Okay. Yeah. So no, and that, and that is one of the, <laughs> the really cool time. things. Like myself, I feel really cool wearing Carhartt pants and driving a truck, but I know nothing about construction <laughs> myself. (laughs) Um, Thankfully, we have an amazing team. All of our volunteers, our site leaders are, are trained. They're experienced. They know what they're doing. You can come out there with zero knowledge, um, and you can come out and you can build a ramp or you can rip out an old shower and be part of putting in a new one yeah. um, or or repairing a deck or repairing subfloor. It's actually really educational. I've been out last time we were out with you guys. Yeah. We yeah. installed yeah. windows. And by the end of it, I was like, <laughs> what windows do I need to yeah. go change in my, my own house? house. No, so, uh,
2: yeah, any anyone. It's awesome to hear you say that because I was telling Jonathan, I was like, you know, what? Jonathan and I are on the advisory council for the for the Anderson County, um, you know, aspect of rebuild. We can talk about that here in a little bit. But not that this is about the volunteers whatsoever. It's all about helping our neighbors and our friends that, that are in need. But I was like, next time I think I'm going to do a little research on what these projects are. You know, I learned how to change windows this time. But... Maybe I'll learn how to do flooring next time yeah. or like trim work or you know, like roofing stuff. Mm-hmm. So Pass I was class. like Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. I felt confident leaving there that, that I learned a new skill as well. So yeah, that was a super, super fulfilling day. And I think y'all have an awesome objective is I know a lot of times and it sometimes we can't see the problem until it's it's present. But sure. with a lot of, you know, hot topic issues such as affordable housing nowadays, is that we're trying to put a band-aid on a problem that's already existing. But mm-hmm. I think what y'all are doing is awesome. Is saying, "Hey, let's let's stop it at you know, let's stop the leak at at, mm-hmm. at the source. Um, right. Let's let's keep people in their houses. We don't. Why displace oh. somebody? Why try and find somebody a new place to live if we can right. keep them in their current situation? So Absolutely. yeah, I love a proactive approach to pretty much any problem. Yeah. Let's let's start it, or stop it before it yeah. starts.
4: And and to speak to the process, that's a really good. It kind of brought up a point. So. Like, as someone gets approved and we know that we're going to be serving them, um, one of the things I love about our model is it all happens in-house. We have four project managers. Um... They go in and they do a full home assessment. So we go to the house and we look at what are all the major parts of this house. I mean, we're looking at safety, of course. You know, you like they may call because they have a they have a floor that's rotting in. You know, they're like, oh, my floor needs fixing. We're like, yeah, and that's because your roof also needs fixing. Yeah. So we want to look at a multifaceted approach. We don't want to go in and just tackle one of those things. Uh, we typically tackle three to five major projects at a home um, before we call that home complete and secure. And I think so. that's
2: super cool because, you know, when Cody gives us updates at the Advisory Council meetings and stuff like that, one of the things before we even went out to a build that I, I thought was pretty cool is that um, we don't want to go change the doorknob and be like, that was a that was a project right. that we completed yeah. this right. year. We did a 1,000 projects this year, and 850 of them were putting a new doorknob or changing a light bulb. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what a, a project is for you guys. I mean, you guys are taking a holistic approach to this and saying, right. like you know, let's fix the condition. Let's make this suitable living conditions for our friends and in need. Speaking to your
4: point about affordable housing, I think I'll let Jake kind of, maybe if you have something
2: something to say in regards
4: to the wide scope thing, but, you know, the, the most affordable solution to affordable housing is keeping someone in the mm-hmm. home that they're already in. And it is true, and Jake, correct me if I'm about to say something wrong, but I believe that most of the people that we serve have been in their houses for years. Um, at least for the builds that I've been out to that I've witnessed. I mean, you got people who've been there over... Forty years in that one home—it's yeah. what they have. It's what they have known all their life. So keeping them, them in that home is far more affordable than trying to move them to a, you know, a senior housing solution yeah. or find a new place or even pay rent somewhere. Yeah. You know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh I think just to echo that, our our goal is to prefer to help preserve affordable housing. Make sure that I say that the yeah. right way. Yeah. Um, and with that for us, one of the things that drew me to the organization and that I love about it is we definitely have a community perspective In there is not one size fits all place organization that's going to solve all the affordable housing issues. We need great organizations. We need organizations like Habitat that are doing new builds mm-hmm. and we need organizations like the Lot Project that are helping people as they are dealing with homelessness but one of the things I will say is I am very proud of Anderson County and even a lot of the things that have happened recently. There is a new group called the Anderson Homelessness and Housing Association Alliance. Alliance. Thank yep. you, uh, AHA, for those of y'all's fun acronym. Yeah. Um, learning all kinds of acronyms this year. Yeah. Uh, but the proactive approach that is coming to Anderson to say. We see this as something that is going to be a problem in the next 10 to 20 years for our county, and especially what is now been dubbed the silver tsunami. So as all the baby boomer generation is aging, there, there is not enough places for them to go to nursing homes. And the thing that we run into and that we see with our homeowners, most of them, they want to stay in their homes. They want to stay in the neighborhoods that they've helped mm-hmm. establish, that they have lived in and felt safe in for decades. And so to help people stay in those homes is such a privilege and to help them age in place. And like Cody was saying, most of our homeowners, they've lived there for decades. Most of them, I, I think the correct term now is that they are older adults or aging adults, which mm-hmm. we are all aging adults. Yeah. But, um, seasoned <laughs> yeah. is the right word, but you have these folks that, man, they, they have worked hard their entire life. Uh, they have contributed to the community, and this is an opportunity for us to serve them and give back, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. I have
0: a Question. So you, you, you've you gotten in and been able to go and see some of this and work and action. Um, what are some of the stories that have hit you most as you've come into this, your positions with rebuild?
3: Yeah, I'll tell Good you uh, the first home that I went and served on. Um, you know, in my past life, I did a lot of driving around the state and, you know, just driving through Pelzer on a regular basis. There was this one specific home that I would drive past. Uh, pretty much on a weekly basis, going somewhere with my job. And there were many times that I drove past that home and I would just think to myself, man, that is a beautiful old home. It is a shame that it is falling in and it's a shame that people can't live there anymore. So literally my first week on the job, the first house that I showed up in was that house. Wow! And I pulled into the driveway and literally started tearing up because it was, I mean, from the road, you could just tell somebody should not be living here. This is not okay. Yeah. And so to go into that house and to see the worst water damage that I have seen since going and serving, doing hurricane Katrina relief and being like, this is 10 minutes from my house. Yeah. And so one of the things that I think I have learned even in just telling that story, and again, like in a week we had, uh, three or four groups that were coming back to back. It was in the summertime and, we made this home safe for this homeowner and his family for the next 10 years. And just the gratitude that he felt when he has this problem and it's just like, how do I fix this? And so for us to be able to go step in, it was an eye opener for me because I would say for most of us, unless you live in specific neighborhoods in Anderson County, you might in your daily commute, drive from your house to your work, to the grocery store, to the gym, to your church back home you might never notice one home that has an affordable housing issue yep. uh, that is in disrepair where it is unsafe for one of our neighbors to live in, yeah. but it's one of those things. You step into this work and you start driving around outside of maybe your normal commute radius, yeah. um, the problem bigger than we realize, and there's folks that need our help everywhere, and this is a really great opportunity for us being neighbors of these folks to step in and serve a... Need that they can't solve on their own.
2: Absolutely, and that's a that's a super cool point. And you know, you talk about a proactive um, aspect, but sometimes it's kind of hard to identify the problem. I mean, there are certain problems that are are visible and in your face, and you know, homelessness that is a more visible um, need. But mm-hmm. without you guys, I mean, somebody could be two weeks, a week, a couple days away from becoming that visible um, need, rather than you know, when you guys are coming in, you're saying, hey, you know. We see you, we understand there's a need, and, and we're, we're able to prevent um, some of that those those crisis situations. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I, I would say to that, Bryce, um, you know, majority of the folks that we help, like we don't take an application from someone unless they're under 80% of the area median mm-hmm. income, so AMI. Yeah. 75% of the people that we help every single year are below 50% of AMI. So you're talking about folks that are bringing in not just one person but their household 25,000 or less a year. So you're talking about families. They're living on social security. Again, these are folks who've worked hard their whole lives. Uh, They're not trying to just take uh, these are people who have given to the community, but they're in a place now in life where the decision that they're making is not, man, am I going to repair my home this month or am I going to go do something fun on vacation? The decisions that a lot of the homeowners we're talking to are making are, am I going to buy groceries this week or my medicine? So repairing their home isn't even on their radar because that's something that's so out of the scope. And maybe they did. They tried to fix certain problems for years. Like we've seen some creative solutions that homeowners have come up with to solve certain problems, but whether it's, they don't have the know-how or, you know, they have just aged to the point that they can't do what they used to do to help keep up their home. The home's fallen into disrepair and somebody has to help them.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, and I assume duct tape has only so many limits. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> duct tape is amazing, but when it comes to fixing <laughs> your home, it is definitely not a viable long-term <laughs> yeah. solution.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but I, what I do love is we talk about all the time how Anderson, one, one thing that's beautiful about Anderson is how – quick and, and how the community is and how people welcome each other in and I think what I love about the solution you're bringing in this is it's community built solution yep. and that you're inviting people from their this community in to work and love on these people that have already given so much to this community I think that's pretty amazing
2: Amen and and to piggyback off of that I'm extremely biased but you got announced at Rockstar of a Hire with, with <laughs> Cody Wright right <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean Oh, I won on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. Big time. When did you come on staff? September of last year. Okay. When he told me about the vision for rebuild and kind of what you guys's goal was in this community, I was like, there could not be a better fit for this person. I don't know how long it took y'all to make the connections that you may have in Anderson now and in Greenville, but I can't imagine it was six months. No, no, no. I don't mean, Definitely took a longer process. Yeah. I, the, the relationships that, and Cody, you're a rock star, but I, that's also uh, kudos to Anderson. I mean, Absolutely. I think, you know, it's not just you guys. It's other nonprofits, and it's business-related, and, you know, we'll we'll get in a little bit about the the partiality to Anderson, and that's why we're doing this podcast, because we love sure. this place, but what a community to come and, and, and dive into, and I am happy as a clam that you guys are choosing to invest here, because if you choose to invest in Anderson, it will invest in you. One hundred percent. I agree. Um, so it's cool to see, you know, that y'all's y'all's kind of emphasis here. So when did y'all decide, hey, you know, we got to we got to, you know, really tap into to this market more. Like you said, you've been more you've been in the upstate for a while, but it seems like we're, we're really now exploding and gaining some traction. Anderson, when when did you realize the need? So, um, yeah, that's for, a for great that question.
3: Um, you know, for me coming on some of the first governmental meetings that I started stepping into because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm I'm new to this world. Uh obviously worked in a church in that section of a nonprofit for yeah. twenty plus years. Um, but to step into a nonprofit focus in a different way, I mean, I, I felt like especially for the first months and maybe even as I'm a year in, um, still drinking from a fire hose a little bit, learning all of the things. But one of the first government meetings I stepped into, uh, I I was meeting with a government agency, and the question they asked me is, okay, we want to give you guys funding for Spartanburg. When are you expanding? And it was, whoa, I'm trying to figure out what my title even means right now, so we got to slow this process down just a hair. Um, But as I started digging into it, it was, okay, 75% of the work we've done historically has been in Greenville. We say that we represent four counties but this mission can expand to other counties around us until we're adequately representing uh, the counties that we already say we serve. So for me, it was Anderson guy, went to school here, lived here for 26 years. I've raised my kids, which is crazy to say that they're both adults now because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel real. But Anderson is home for me. And so when I started looking around at the amount of engagement, it was Bryce, like you were saying earlier, I know the type of community Anderson is, and Mm -hmm. I think this is an awareness thing more than anything, and all I can say was, yes, had a great opportunity when we had an opening to bring Cody on. He's actually the first person I thought about, called him, hired him in a week, Um, and we have stepped in and we've seen those doors open because I do think it's a combination of a lot of things, God's favor, which I will never deny. God has opened a lot of doors for us. It is the people in Anderson with a heart to love on their neighbors. Well, whether they are Christians or not, this community has a heart to love on the people that they live next to. And that is very evident. And so for us to step in, to have this opportunity to be in Anderson It was, hey, let's go just make people aware of here's what we do. Here is the proactive approach that we have to keep people out of homelessness. Mm -hmm. And it has resonated with a lot of folks. And we've had a lot of folks jump on board and decide to join in with us. You guys um, becoming a part of the advisory council and just helping advocate for us and spread the message of what we're trying to do. It's been a great thing to see the community come together on.
4: Yeah. And. I just want to say, uh, part of, like Jake said earlier, it's crazy to think that I forget often that for 15 years, Rebuild Up State has been serving all four counties. Mm-hmm. And I think part of what we were so blessed to have, because truly, I mean, Jake and I are technically our newest employees, <laughs> along with Nate, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, but what we also have is we have an amazing staff that have been doing it for a long time in Greenville. And we have some people, like just an outstanding team. So all the things that we know we need in Anderson that we knew we needed to make work, follow like, you know, rebuilds model. Um, We have an amazing group of staff that's just crushing it in Greenville. So when Jake and I came in and we were like, all right, what do we do? I feel like we were just so supported just thinking about the whole team. And, you know, I'm like, how do you do a volunteer group in Anderson? Well, they've been doing it really well in Greenville for so long. Um, So then it's just like, well, how do you translate that to Anderson language? Um,
2: And, And I wanted to ask you, and I, I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, and, and um, don't, you know, y- you can be uh, vague or give me ballpark numbers here, but <laughs> I always like hearing about some of this, the statistics of what y'all did, and I think Jonathan's got a question that'll kind of piggyback off of this, but um, tell me about, you know, what did y'all do in, in 2022, just kind of numbers, what well, it doesn't have to be the exact number, but... What did y'all do across the upstate? What did y'all do across Anderson last year? If you remember any of those numbers off, off yeah, the top so of the head, ballpark-wise.
3: Absolutely. I, I will speak to Rebuild as a whole, and then, Cody, I'll let you talk about Anderson Well, I,
2: I think what we can do also is if you
4: just want to shamelessly plug our impact report and where people can find it.
3: If you go to our website, once again, rebuildupstate.org, you can see our impact report, which will have all of these That's numbers. That's
2: rebuildupstate.org. <laughs> rebuildupstate.org. Yes, rebuildupstate.org. Slash you. giving? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, so... On average, we repair 150 homes per year. Wow. Um, To even keep up with the need in the four counties, we would love to be serving 500 per year and hope to get there years from now. Um, But we will take that one home at a time, one day at a time, and that's our philosophy Uh, So with those homes, uh, we did 582 unique projects, so major projects on these homes, but we completely repaired 109 homes last year. So when we say completely repaired, for us, we don't count a home as completed until we feel like a family can live there safely for the next decade.
2: Wow. That's incredible. What are those numbers like in in Anderson? I mean, I know it's a fraction of the the total, but do you remember kind of what? Yeah, I want to say
4: we did... 13 homes last completely, year, repaired. Com- completely yeah. repaired last year in Anderson County. Yeah. Um,
2: That's yeah, awesome.
4: Which, and again, like kind of going back to what you said before, we got to remember, you know, the grand scheme of day when I first came on, you know, I'm a go getter with way overzealous goals and I'm like 13 homes. We got to do better, but break it down. These are human beings and we have done, we've gotten to be a part of like some life changing things. Yeah. Like imagine if this was your home, And you'd been living in this house and all these projects needed to get done. Like, you know, for us, they're a home, they're a project. We do this. This is what we do. It's easy to to get lost in the numbers and the process. But I have to remember that this is a person or this is a family Mm -hmm. whose home has completely been repaired and up to par. And that's a really big deal. And when we did that for 13 of our Anderson neighbors... That's a really big deal. Yeah,
0: and it's kind of like building a home from scratch in so in so many ways. From what you're doing, I mean, it's it's so impressive. Um, what are some of Rebuild's biggest needs right now, and so that those numbers can increase? Yeah, how can as
2: we get well? to that 500 number? I mean, really, no. what are some tangibles that y'all?
3: So some of the things we're already seeing, um, you know, Anderson County just gave us a contract to work and repair some homes with them, and we are very grateful to start implementing that very, very soon That's this year. Awesome having similar conversations with the city, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a contract with ACOG, which is the Appalachian Council of Governments. Uh, for those of y'all that don't know government acronyms, basically <laughs> what ACOG does is anything involving seniors in our community, uh, they are there, whether that's Meals on Wheels, a senior center, uh, they are a government agency that is supporting making sure seniors are taking taken care of. But we are serving with ACOG, so they're one of our funders to be able to support people. But uh, to speak to that, you know, we can't implement government funds unless we have unrestricted funds to go with it. Most of the, you know, monies that we are getting from organizations like we just talked about, they are paying for materials. So I say that the way I would describe it to people is what the government wants to know, which makes complete sense, and I appreciate the accountability. How many pieces of lumber did we pay for, and were those implemented to serve people in the community using community development dollars if they're mm-hmm. coming from the federal government or you know, certain state funds, community funds, whatever that looks like? Uh, for us, there are also project costs. We we have trucks. We have fully stocked trailers with tools that we're showing up on site. Uh, we have staff members that are coming to do this work. We have to pay gas for those trucks. So there's all kind of project costs that go in with the materials costs. So if we do not also gain those philanthropic dollars, uh, we can't implement the other funding, the contract funds that we are getting. So our top need is for people to donate. Have you ever talked to a nonprofit leader and they tell you that their top <laughs> need is not some unrestricted funding to be able to help them, uh, serve the people and their mission? Um, you know, they should be saying that. Yeah. So I, I will, I will shamelessly yeah. Yeah. say that, uh, the other side, especially as we're launching into Anderson County, um, we know that we have a lot of opportunity with some of these partnerships that we are developing with uh, community members, government uh, agencies, we got some dollars to implement in this next year. Uh, So we need the unrestricted funds. But like Cody said, we also need friends. And what friends means is we need some folks who will come on site with us, not be intimidated by, I don't know how to do this. Like Cody said, you can point the hammer in the right direction. We can teach you how to repair something and help serve on a house. So I mean, those are our two biggest needs right now. We need folks in Anderson who are passionate about helping their neighbors and want to get out. I promise you it'll be a great volunteer experience, mm-hmm. and you're going to go away probably learning a new skill, but yeah. definitely leaving with the sense inside of yourself of, man, I gave my time, my energy, and I made a difference in my community
2: today. Yeah. And there's something to be said. I mean, Jake, you know, Cody and I have gotten one-on-one time plenty of, plenty of times to talk about this, and Jake, you know, you and I have gotten lunch, but – there's something to be said about growth and responsible growth because you can't have one without the other. I mean, you can't have a bunch of volunteers saying, you know, we want to come help. Well, we don't have the, the, the funds right now to get the materials for these projects. Or, you know, you got it. conversely, then this is really the case. But we've got all this money laying around, you know, for materials or whatever it may be. But we don't have the friends that we need to come on site. So there is some responsible growth and learning how to partner with that, I would imagine would be you know, somewhat of a, of a challenge.
3: Yeah, definitely. I, I told people all the time because people ask me the same question you did often in my daily conversations, mm-hmm. like what, what's the thing that rebuild needs the most? And yeah. I'm like, like I can give you the, you know, handful of things that are very clearly the needs, but what I, I mean, speaking to what you're saying about growing it responsibly is I want people to understand if it's like a three-legged stool, if we grow one leg faster than the other, everything that's on top of the stool will topples off. So if we grow the funding too fast, but don't have the volunteers to implement, we're not serving the community well. If we grow our staff too fast, but don't have the money to pay them, we yep. can't implement. So all three of those pieces have to grow in a congruent fashion to make sure we're growing the organization and the mission in a healthy way.
2: Yeah. And there's another aspect that, that was a need that was recently conveyed to me and if we need to cut this, we can. I don't know how public information this is, but you guys, y'all's office is in Greenville. Your, your brick and mortar space. Yes. But we'd love to have a, a space here in Anderson,
3: right? I would love to have a space in Anderson.
2: Absolutely. So that's another way. I mean, I don't know who's who's listening out there right now, but um, these guys right now for these projects are bringing these trailers full of equipment, materials, um, you know, labor to come in and and they're traveling from Greenville to do this in Anderson. Um, and we do want to focus on the upstate, and Greenville's a great hub to, to kind of go out and spiderweb from there. But if anybody has a space, um, what would that look like? Warehouse space? I mean, what, what would you want, ideally, if you could have a space in Anderson to house... To to staff people that could be here full time to house equipment. What would that space kind of look like?
3: Yeah, we uh, so bigger brains here. I guess we don't have to cut this if you're still going. Absolutely, lets (laughs) us have some office space in Anderson. So uh, shout out to Chip Reeves and Bigger Brains. Uh, They've given us some office space we can implement really for the mission to grow. What we are currently lacking right now is warehouse space. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a lot of great organizations that they want to donate materials. I've had conversations with folks that are like, hey, I have this leftover materials after a job. And right now we just literally have no storage of where to put that. So if someone had warehouse space that they would be willing for us to utilize, I mean, 10,000 foot, space square foot space would change the game for us just imagine how much extra lumber imagine all all the construction jobs Mm -hmm. that are going on around us yeah if folks would donate that lumber and we could utilize it how much cheaper we could do certain things but then yeah just a space where we could store a truck and a trailer here in anderson save the mileage save the gas but also just be that much more expedient in what we do Mm -hmm. to be able to get on site to Uh, knock things out in a quicker way that that would be a game changer for us
2: and that's another way that people can help out with rebuild which i think is really cool um does not have to be i mean money and and hands-on are two great ways to help but also in kind i mean if, if if anybody that's listening has this or anybody that's listening knows somebody that has this lumber i mean cabinetry tools equipment um paint whatever it may be. If somebody wants to come out, if there's a contractor or a roofer out there that says we'd love to donate one roof a year or something like that. You know, I mean, there's a bunch of different ways um, to get involved and and help. And I think y'all have a really creative way. I'm a sweet tea partner, I think, which is $15 a month. But it's like, that's, that's, that's a tithe for me in in, in some way. I mean, this is going to an organization that I believe in, I'm invested in. There's obviously lots of different partnership levels, but they have monthly options. Obviously you can do one-time donations. You can do in-kind donations, labor donations. So there's there's, just a lot of ways to get involved with with Rebuild. And there's
0: so much value that Rebuild's giving to us as a community. I mean, the conversations around homelessness, but this is such a preventative measure for Mm -hmm. that. Uh, I think it's, it's worth, I think my time and, and I think it's worth so many people's times. It's why we wanted to make sure to highlight you guys on this podcast. Yeah, so. yeah.
2: One of the things I'm trying to implement, you know, uh, David fan, another one of my coworkers is, um, is, is uh, a great guy. He's also on our advisory council. Um, but we're trying to get, you know, a, a, a world group um, to come out world insurance group of, you know, Five, six guys where like World Insurance comes out and we're gonna sponsor this day or whatever it may be. But well, that could be a lot of ways that people could donate. I mean, get. Totally. I mean, guys is just who would come out from our office. But I mean, it'd be a great team building opportunity for you know a, a co working o- organization or mm-hmm. a great opportunity to come out and you know just volunteer with some friends. I mean, we had. Jonathan out there. David Fant was there that day. Cody was there that day, and like just had a ball. I think uh-huh.
0: the the lady that was managing our project site was a little bit terrified of uh, us after yeah. she saw us. For it a minute. Yeah. yeah, it, Brooke. it was Brooke. <laughs> yeah, Brooke. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, she wasn't terrified. Uh, yeah. You can't. I was no, like no. ripping out, ripping out things, and I. Yeah, <laughs> I was ripping out, Yeah, I, there was something that
2: snapped, and Brooke was like, "Hey, hey, hey we." Uh, <laughs> We don't want. She know, did that strike too. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate
3: my project <laughs> managers being very big on safety. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah, no, yeah. Thank, yeah. Thankfully, yeah. she well was. less of us.
2: I mean, not that we were being unsafe, but just more like <laughs> delicate. Where I would, wasn't aware that like we were reusing this part, so I just yanked it off and it snapped, and I was like, oh. We're this big dumpster outside, and then we just <laughs> toss that. And she's <laughs> like, "Hey, we're gonna put those back on." And I was like, <laughs> "Got it. Next one, uh, we'll be a little bit more delicate with." Yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, praise God for that. And and that just speaks to the quality of y'all's work is that we're not just going out there and throwing y'all. You know, it's not a set of Legos where y'all just here's a manual right. on how to retile a kitchen floor. Uh, it's there's on-site trained professional project managers and uh, contractors and stuff like that yep. to help.
0: I just remembered the sweet lady that was there, and just how watching her watch. Uh- us and just the excitement that was there you know having it where her we were re- replacing windows so having it where heat was going to stay in and yeah. cool weather was going to stay in yeah. and then I think I saw later and I was just so excited because when we were there we there were parts of the floor that we had to avoid when doing this work and coming back and seeing the pictures of that completed completed floor for her I mean that's, that's changing she was avoiding parts of her house and now she gets to utilize her yeah I'll yeah swear. and
4: and I actually got the opportunity to go back out and do a homeowner interview with her a couple weeks ago and um she was ecstatic I mean it truly was and the work was beautiful mm, like those yeah. floors were night and day but the other thing she mentioned was um since we did the windows her power bill has gone down significantly
2: wow. so, she said that wow. and I was like that is so cool to hear. That's what I was going to talk about the compounding effects of this, where she was asking that day. She was like, you know, I'm getting new windows. Is this going to decrease my power bill? So, not only is this somebody that wasn't able in a financial position to, you know, fix their windows at the time, but now, okay, not only are you getting new windows, but we're, your house is going to be better insulated, which is going to cost you less money, e- you know, each month. Like, you think about it as, oh, we're going in and doing this one thing, but it just snowballs so much to literally ha- be in that space with, with, with a homeowner who is, is, has so much pride in what they own, and they should. Um, and we take, you know, pride in, in, in the jobs that, that we get to do on, on site, but watching a literal transformation right in front. Of, I mean, right. you know, yeah. it's such a cool experience to be yep. part of, and it compounds, it snowballs, uh, where it's, like you said, it's not just new windows, or it's not just new floor. Right, We're saving, you know, she's getting to save more money each month
0: and then. it's an asset she's going to be able to pass down to her family her yes. son. market value is yeah. and in generational. Generational, generational wealth is yep. a
3: big part of our mission so yes. when we're going into a home and we're doing the projects that we're doing we we have three things that we're aiming at how do we make this safe this home safer healthier more livable mm-hmm. um so if it's safe i think that's pretty self-explanatory yeah. to people uh healthy I mean, we're doing a false prevention study with the Coalition for Home Repair, which is a nationwide agency right now to talk about the money that we're even saving the health care system, which is about $19 for every dollar we implement that's keeping older folks from falling down to have accessibility into and outside of their house. A lot of factors go into that. But the more livable piece is what exactly you guys are talking about, where it's you have folks and their home has leaky windows. I mean, I remember walking into a door. This was a home in Anderson County. Uh, Cody, this was right after you came on. You and I worked on that roof all day and got very sunburned. (laughs) Um, But to walk in and to see a home where literally the thing that's holding the air back from outside is a curtain over a giant hole in the door. Can you imagine the power bills? Like, I know what my power bill is right now, and my home is pretty energy efficient. So the energy efficiency aspect of making a home more livable, which, yes, is going to reduce cost in every way for a homeowner. Um, is one of the big perks of what we do, which yeah. is helping the entire system. Imagine the energy grid savings that we are helping to provide when we're fixing homes and making them more livable in this way. I love all of these aspects that go yeah. into what we do.
2: Y'all, Duke Energy's worst nightmare right now. <laughs> that's Y'all cut, I mean, cutting the them their bottom friends. line. No, Just we love friends. you, Duke Energy. Yeah. We want you to give us money. Yeah, yeah. Duke Energy How for this listening. <laughs> feel free to partner <laughs> uh, in, in every way, shape, and possible. But no, that's awesome. And, and like you said, I mean, it is. Um, it's not all about, you know, the work that, the, that what we get out of it. It's, it's really about, you know, impacting the community. And, you know, there's, there could be somebody that – and the good news is about this is that we'll never know. But, I mean, there could be somebody where it's like, okay, this, there's an infant living in this household with grandma or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, that infant could be in, in a um, a homelessness situation and thankfully, we'll never know if that had to happen or not because That's the work right. that you're getting to do. Absolutely. There's a lot of um, stats that, that you guys will never see yeah. in a good way just because of like, you know, maybe this would have led to a situation, but because of the work that we're doing, well. the Will never this person will not have to be a statistic, yeah. because of the proactive work that you guys are doing. Yeah. So I've never seen a nonprofit handle uh, an issue the way that y'all are doing, and I may just be naive, but a lot of nonprofits are reactive, um, and to see a, a proactive approach is game changing. Um, so you guys are incredible. Thank you so much for what y'all do. Thank you. Um, do you have anything else for them, real quick? Or
0: no, no, I didn't know if you wanted to ask them about what uh, their favorite like why they call Anderson. Yeah. And yeah. 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 yeah.
2: We, uh, kind of the, the, closing question that we like to, to put a, a bow on these interviews. Thank you so much for y'all's time today. Um, we're big believers in you guys. We're, yeah. we're very biased to uh, serving on the advisory council and Cody put together an absolutely rock star, Advisory Council, excluding the two schmucks two, that yeah. you know, John and I are, We have but. an amazing <laughs> team,
4: and part of it is what you said. Anderson takes care of Anderson. Yeah, they do it so well, and, and, and it, I'm yeah, I'm honored
2: for the team. And, we and have. that's going to segue into the, kind of the wrapping cu- wrapping up question. But uh, we like to ask all of our people what alls why for Anderson. Um, and we've probably talked about it, but um, I think everybody has their Anderson why, and a lot of the the answers that we've gotten have been have been the you know very similar results. Um, but you know what? What is what is rebuilds why? What is Jake and Cody's why for Anderson and why rebuild is gonna uh you know thrive and flourish in this community? So I'll go first
4: because I was thinking about it this morning. Because I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I'm about man, I'm probably over six months into this role now. It's pretty crazy. And, you know, the first few months you're just like, all right, I'm kind of faking it, figuring out what I'm doing. But then you're like, okay, this is my job. This is my career. This is what I do. Um, and there's a lot, you know, grants. There's a lot mobilizing people. I know nonprofit. It's the world I come from. All those things, you know, it's philanthropic. It's good. I mean, no one's gonna, no one's gonna go against. Hey, yeah, we do home repair for low-income neighbors. No one's like that's a horrible idea. I mean, everyone can agree yeah. that's a pretty good thing. But it has to be deeper than that. You know, the why really is what keeps you in the game. Even this morning, I was on my way back from the gym this morning at like 6 a.m. and I was, I was just digging back because I feel like you know you give a why, but then there's another layer. You give a why, and then there's another layer. And truly, for me, my motivation, what gets me out of bed is it's, man, it's the love of Jesus for people. Mm -hmm. And I think about, you know, we all have heard this in some form or fashion, and this is just the truth. Uh, Jesus gave us two commandments that we love the Lord our God and we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And I really started thinking about that, and it took me back to a moment on a build. We were trying to get this door in a jam, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. Like, I don't know how to do this. I'm trying. We're just sweating. And I'm sitting here, and I was kind of just like, well, let's just, let's just do this. And it was a much lesser version than what we had planned. And I remember the site leader. he's amazing. His name is Kevin. And I don't think he recognizes how big this moment was. Um, he just stopped, and he said, hey, let me put it this way. If this was your door, how would you approach it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang all right I'll go to Lowe's for the third time what do you need me to get like yeah. I, I like it really does put in perspective like what does it mean to love our neighbor as we love ourselves? it's not just a good idea it's not just philanthropic it's the command of Jesus yeah. and and I think it has to be fueled by love for people because um, that is what it all is all about so that's that's my why for rebuild for sure and I want it to continue to be my why because some days it's not my why <laughs> but I know at my very core it's that people are worth a life of dignity. Yeah. People are valuable. It doesn't yeah. matter where you are, like where you're at. You were made in the image of God. You're worthy of love. And our our way of saying you're loved is home repair. Um, and then for Anderson, Andrews. my wife and I, Sarah Wright, she's Shout a beautiful out, blonde Sarah. that worked we, for the city. We love Sarah. Um, yeah, we do. I do, for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, but we actually really feel called to Anderson. We love Anderson. I mean, to be completely honest, God has kind of told us this is where we're supposed to make home right now. Yeah. Um and then kind of the cherries on top is the community that we've we've built. I'm people over place big time. Absolutely. I love going to Oregon and seeing the mountains. I love going to Colorado, climbing Pikes Peak, doing whatever. But at the end of the day, it's the people that make Anderson yeah. so wonderful. And even this morning, Bryce, you and I were talking about yeah. it, and – Anderson, its bus
2: is going in a good direction, yeah. and I want to be on that bus. It's it's funny to hear, and Jake, I'll let you answer this in a second. But Cody and I ran into each other at at a, a networking. I at remember this, day, and there was this long haired hippie kid. He's cut his hair since then, but just a ball of energy, biggest smile on his face. Never met me before. I was like, this kid is nuts. But he was like, we got to go get coffee. And one thing that happens at Anderson is when you say, let's go get coffee, let's go get lunch. That's like a real thing. Like, we're yeah. going to go and do that, actually. Yeah. So, the next week or so, I think Cody and I got um, got coffee. And we I were, think I remember we were, what you were about we, to yeah, say. Yeah, we were talking. And about 45 minutes in, I mean, I was just so energized and so motivated. And I looked at Cody and I said, you can't go anywhere, by the way. No, he yeah. literally yeah, yeah, said, hey, like, are
4: you leaving Anderson? Yeah, and I was, I was like, like, never. i would never <laughs> met the
2: guy before. I'd <laughs> spoken to him like two sentences the week before. And I was like... Yeah. You're not allowed to go anywhere, because I need people you're like you and Anderson. Anderson needs Anderson needs people like you and Anderson. Um, so yeah, that's that's just a cool note where that, yeah. that Cody and I was like, you're not allowed to leave. It's and beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. Shout out Cody. Shout out God. Cheers. And, and the way that Thank you, Lord. Anderson. So. Jake, good luck topping Cody's answer, <laughs> but what's your what's your why for Anderson? <laughs> I can't and, and top rebuild? that at all,
3: um, but I love Cody, and I love his heart for serving Anderson. It's the reason when I had an opportunity that I put him on the team as fast as I could yep. because I've been on mission trips with him. I actually volunteered for him before, before he came to work for rebuilding. <laughs> yeah. He was still at the lot, and so I saw the type of man that he was and the way that he loves this community, um, so happy and honored to work with him every single day and honored to continue to do the work we're going to do in Anderson. For me, the why is I want to do for one person what I wish I could do for all. One of the things that breaks my heart is I do see the numbers every day. All the numbers going around with rebuild on a very regular basis. We get 40 new applications a month, 10 a week, of people that every single one, if we had resources, so if we had the money and we had the volunteers, we would go help. We have 1,200 people right now that have already asked us for assistance. Now that's not people we've already promised we're going to go repair their homes, but people that would qualify for our services if we had the money. And when I see those numbers coming in and know that we are doing between 100 and 150 homes right now per year, it's, God, what do we need to do to be able to serve one person at a time, one home at a time, one day at a time. And, man, I feel like if we're doing that, we are going to make a difference every single day in the life of neighbors who they call Anderson County home mm-hmm. just like us. And yep. so the the why, personally, I'll say it like this. Uh, my son turned 20 uh, this past week, which makes me feel real old, mm. by the way. Um, my daughter just turned 18 a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. I've raised both of my kids in Anderson County. I've watched them grow up here. I've watched them fall in love with this place. Um, my wife and I love it here. This is home. We lived here our entire marriage And for me, it's a legacy thing. Mm -hmm. What kind of Anderson County am I passing on to my kids? They are already very plugged in. They're already serving in the community. Um, They have a heart for this place, and this is their home. They've both already told me, like, I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to live here. I want to work here. I want to serve here. So for me, it is... As they are stepping into young adulthood, what type of community over the next five or ten years are we providing for them to step into? And what we don't need to do is wait until problems like affordable housing get to where we are having to be more reactive than proactive. And again, so proud of Anderson City, Anderson County, the community around us, because they really are taking a proactive approach right now to say, What can we do to step in now before this does become this crazy issue that feels out of control? So the legacy piece for me, and I will just speak on Cody's behalf now that he has a daughter also, we want to pass this on to our kids, this community, this county, this healthy and amazing place that we all live and call home. Uh, Let's make sure that it's great when we're gone.
2: Yeah. Amen. Man, y'all got me ready to run through a brick wall right now. I'm fired up. Um we'll, once again, what's the name of that website?
3: Rebuildupstate.org. That's rebuildupstate.org. Seriously go slash in. give.
2: Yeah, slash slash giving. <laughs> um go on there and and you know, do a little digging of your own, do a little research. This is a company that Jonathan and I believe in, that Anderson believes in. Yeah. Um the, the people that are there are absolutely incredible and they're making a, a like like Jake said, a legacy impact. Um go check them out on their website, get in touch with Jake, get in touch with Cody. Feel free to give monetarily. Give your time. Give your give your your labor, your efforts. Um, in kind donation. Be be an advocate for them. Just spread the word. Yeah. If you can't do anything else. It doesn't cost a dime to. Follow them on Instagram and share their stuff on Facebook. So, uh, it's organizations uh, like like Rebuild, Upstate, and the other not incredible nonprofits are here in Anderson that are going to create the the generation and the community that we want oh, our geez. the next generations to see. So, thank you guys so yeah. so so thank very y'all. much Absolutely, for coming on thank, thank you, you and uh, can't it. wait to see what the future has in store for for Anderson and Rebuild. Love you guys. Y'all be good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening. And check us out on your favorite podcast app, and follow us on Facebook at Electric City Buzz Podcast, and on Instagram at Electric City Buzz Pod.